Welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast. Straight talking ideas to grow your business. Hello and welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast, Grow Your Trade, the show that aims to help you grow your business. Now, this is the first episode in February 2021, and a lot of things have been taking place. It actually snowed in London, and of course, everything ground to a halt. 9% of the UK population has apparently received their first vaccination, which is amazing. And you'd never thought that over 80s made up that amount of the population. Also, as well, as a new president. And we won't go any further with that in case we get sued. Now, as always, my name's John Lawley, and I'm your web wizard. I'm Georgia, and I'm your brand guardian. And I'm Andrew Black, and I help trades get off the tools. Welcome along, guys, as always. Now, it's a difficult period of time, especially for people in business. So what happens if you're just starting out now as a sole trader? Or you may have been made redundant and are looking for a new job opportunity or starting up a new business from that. Or you're looking to get into a new industry. Well, that's what this show is all about. So you're in luck. So Andrew, as a business coach, what are the first things to be thinking about? Well, I suppose one of the first things to be thinking about is is having a plan and starting with the exit in mind. Um, I spoke to an electrician during the week um, who had had a full-time job and during the whole situation last year with many of his colleagues being furloughed and then made redundant, he was in a position where he was doing a lot of private work but then sort of not really starting from the beginning because he already had sort of three or four years of experience. But as a startup business was crossing over to being limited and already had three or four people working for him. So I know we obviously talk about our target market, but it just goes to show you that the current environment may have changed how we look at people and attracting people to, 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 to the type of client base that we're looking for. So you know, speaking to this guy, it was very clear that he had three or four people. He had his wife doing a lot of the office procedures but they weren't, didn't have any sort of quality checks in place, didn't really have a diary management system in place. Um, one of the ways I was able to help him, very simple, is offer that first sort of Zoom consultation for free. And, you know, I, I'm happy to do that with a lot of clients just to see where their issues are, just to see where their pain points are, and not trying to bombard them with uh, information, but give them some real-time solutions that they can go off and implement. For example, this person needed a, a bit of software. Um, and by using the share screen on the Zoom function, you can quite happily walk them around um, either the demos that different softwares give themselves or free trials they give themselves, or even the one I use for my on the tools business and just show them exactly how easy it would be to, to control the different engineers or, or have her, his wife control the different engineers that they have. So, um, at is that, that dangerous? Is that dangerous? Is that dangerous letting the wife get involved? <laughs> well, so, John, I think that's a whole other episode, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> I think I think once you're married, and uh, hopefully there's a shareholders agreement in place as well as the marriage certificate, then there'll be full protection on both sides. Um, but the systems do help um, would help him scale up his business, get more organised. And one of his pain points was getting the invoices out on time and getting paid on time. And if that can be done instantly as you leave, um, and that was huge. So I think new businesses out there starting up, been redundant, had that kind of comfort of working. And now there's all this uncertainty. Um, however you guys have found us, there are experts either within your own networks or within our networks that can help. And having that free consultation quickly identified that did need to speak to John in terms of a, a, a website. And that could be a simple landing page just so you've got somewhere for the clients to go to short term or to really kind of sit down with John and Georgia and design exactly what it needs to look like. But without having that initial conversation, a lot of people rush in and, and try and 
do things themselves. They try and do things cheaply. It's not right. It's not accurate. And they end up doing everything twice when in actual fact, just for sort of for getting in touch, they could speak with us um, and know exactly what to do and where to go with the information. So um, from our perspective, it's like if you find yourself in that boat, just just reach out to us because, you know, yeah. a, a quick half an hour, 45 minute consultation, you could go away with your own to do list. If we can help, no problem at all. And if you want to kind of know exactly how we can help going forward or be a part of your journey, then I know all of us offer different services and products that support and assist that. Yeah, that that is I, one of the things I've always found is that people always have this big race to get the technology involved, which probably is not the right way to start things off. I mean, Georgia, how does the process or how should the process start, do you think? Well, the same as uh, how I always uh, advise my clients to start, which is looking at their ideal client. So it's kind of irrelevant if you're a startup business, if you've got a long standing business and you're kind of looking to grow very quickly until you're uh, regularly reviewing who your ideal clients are and what their problems are and maybe new solutions that you're offering your business. I mean, look at the last year. You've had a lot of businesses that have pivoted and are offering slightly different services and to maybe a slightly different ideal client. But Andrew hit the nail on the head there. And it is something, a conversation I always have with my trades guys in the beginning, that that when you're starting out, the the best bit of advice I can give to you is don't rush into doing everything half-heartedly and just getting some van that looks okay and some logo brand that would just do the job and knocking up some website that, oh, it looks fine. Like, actually, look at what you need right now. And um, initially, when I'd be working with trades, it would be a case of doing their ideal client setting them a logo, which we know we'd still need to do, and then looking at things like stationery uh, as just getting some of the grounding um, right. Obviously, we've been in a pandemic. Things like networking face-to-face and handing out business cards isn't that important right now because we're we're not doing that. So maybe jumping into um, van graphics is, is more important because that actually not only is it giving you that brand presence and um, instilling trust when you're parking outside your client's home. Actually, it's 24-hour advertising as well. So you want to look at the items and, and bits in your marketing that are going to be a greater return on investment for you because it's slightly changed. Um, but doing everything half-heartedly, I'd say stop. I'd say um, choose the things that are important for the right now, get them done right, and, and hold off. Don't rush sometimes. Like Just wait in a few months to, to get that um little bit of a, a financial kitty going to do that whatever it's going to be properly is going to um, hold you much better stead because actually it takes longer to repair um, a damaged brand than it does to start one afresh um, and John I'm sure you can kind of agree with me in that sense I know with web it could work slightly differently you touched on landing pages but I don't know you might agree slightly with what I've said but your offering is probably you've got some different things that you could give to trades right? I think you are right I think you've Everything I everything you just said, I completely agree with. I think that there is that tendency for people to rush in to try and do things. And I would agree that, you know, stay the course a bit longer, um, get that kitty ready to do things properly. Because like you say, the mistakes, rectifying those mistakes is going to take a lot more time and money later down the line. I mean, with things with online that I think people don't necessarily understand are that things can actually be done very quickly. So the little things like setting up an email address, Getting you, registering your own domain costs about £9, £10, and you can do that straight away. And that's the main thing once you've settled on a business name, which might take a little while to do, I understand. But once you have that, a domain name is really quick to register. And getting up some kind of landing page, which just has your contact details on as well, can take a matter of minutes to do. We do a, a small package. 
um, which doesn't cost very much. And we can have people online with an email address and a website in a few hours um, from registering everything. So it, those things can be very, very straightforward. But really, it's the time and investment, I think, to actually plan things out, which um, is why a lot of things that Andrew is saying are really quite personal, I think. What are the systems you're going to rely on in future? Do you need to send out reports and things like that? What's the right software? How are you going to build people are, are really kind of important things as well. There are loads of things online that you can use to actually transact things like Apple Pay, um, take card payments for a very small amount of money as well, or even things like Go Cardless, which will do a direct debit for different services, which only charge you 1%. Everything is out there, but of course, it's finding the right expert to be able to push you into the right areas, which is why, as Andrew says, the consultations are so important to speak to the right people right at the beginning, rather than just a mate who may know certain things that work for them. I mean, Andrew, you must have a certain checklist you go through right at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. We run through different areas of the business, so whether it kind of be the financial processes, operation, sales, marketing, all the headlines. We do the, you know, start with why your 10-year vision and the question that gets everyone trips up. The thing I mentioned right at the beginning was, what's your plan? What's your exit plan? You know, it's really starting starting with the end in mind. And then once you kind of have the, the bigger, broader answers for each of those sections, you can really drill in. And it's not to try and make people sort of um, trip up because the idea is that hopefully we're having this conversation because you need someone to fill in the blanks on some of those some of those areas or improve on some of those areas or bring in some form of automation. Finance, you mentioned there, you know, what's your forecast? How are you looking towards your figures this month? A lot of the time with tradespeople, they'll kind of give you a blank look because everyone's just working job to job to job, sending the invoice, realizing they haven't been paid 30 days later, chasing that money up. And again, this isn't a criticism of anyone that I've worked with. I've been a tradesperson myself for the last 15 years. It just tends to be these patterns that circulate within this industry. And now, as John mentioned there, there are so many options in terms of Stripe or WorldPay, taking card payments there and there on your phone, setting up direct debits if you wanted to set up service plans or maintenance fees on a monthly basis, um, having your um, operational diary management software, which uh, doubles up as a CRM, which also sends all the information to an accounting software so you can look at your P&L in real time. All of these things are relatively cheap in comparison for the value that they give you and the time that you save. And if nobody knows some of those words that I've just mentioned there, and obviously even more <laughs> to, to jump jump on board, have a, have a phone yeah. call, and I can Probably show don't. you down the software. Is that part of the key? Because the two problems I, I see quite a lot are, first of all, People kind of, oh, there's an exciting bit here. There's something to do with design. I've always kind of wanted to be a designer. I'm going to jump in and just do something really quickly, which then ends up taking a lot more time than it would a professional. Um, and the results aren't necessarily great. And also as well, there's so much stuff out there in, in terms of technology to actually build a business with that people can kind of get, you know, can take up all of your time to actually do the right research into which bits to start out with. Do you find that quite a lot, Georgia? That's an interesting one because with the trades, I don't find it so much. In the rest of the world, yes, very much. Everyone is a designer and they love doing it. It's kind of why I love working with the trades so much because many of them just let me crack on. But there have been a lot of guys and, you know, look, you can find anything you want on YouTube. You want to learn to build a website, you can go on YouTube. You want to learn how to manage a cash flow, you can go on YouTube. You want to learn how to design a logo, you can go on YouTube. Like all these things exist, but that's that's we exist because we are far superior to that and it's the accountability and the support that's what you're paying for the time that you're going to save trying to t learn something that you might be a little bit interested in but if you're a tradesman and you're earning 
let's say, uh, three, four hundred pounds a day um, for something for a big job that you're working on. How long is it going to take you to sit and design your own logo or your own um, vehicle? And then actually at the end of it, you're going to realise you've done it wrong. Um, you, you wasted all that time and energy learning something that you could have been speaking to a new client for. You could have been out um, working with your team and, and building relationships with your team. So, uh, yes, you do find clients that often enjoy dabbling, but dabbling is not good enough for business progression. You need people that are going to give you the answers to say, actually, this is the wrong direction. This is where you need to go and um, because of X, Y, Z. And for me, it always falls back to the ideal client. And that's what I keep bringing it back to. When you are trying to dabble in, in creating your own design, you're often creating something that you like and you think is very is going to work for you. And, oh, this, this is great blue and I love stars and that's all fantastic. A, a starry blue logo and you're, you're trying to work with authorities and, um, you know, the, the big companies that don't want to see a fluffy looking design. They need to see something more streamlined. But that's where your designers would help you, guide you in the right direction. Um, and I'm sure with the website, it's probably the same, that you uh, stumble over many people that have dabbled uh, in the likes of um, GoDaddy. Uh, God forbid, sorry, John, if I mention those, those terrible... Stop swearing. Stop swearing. <laughs> the equivalent of my Vista print. Um, but yeah, you know, when we're starting out, we all try things ourselves, but it gets us so far, doesn't it? Um, so even those, those build-your-own-websites will get you so far, and then you're going to hit that ceiling, aren't you? Yes, you're definitely going to hit, hit that. You're definitely going to hit that ceiling, and you're going to hit it pretty quickly, I think, as well. And you're also going to get very frustrated. Uh, anyone who's tried to build a website on GoDaddy or Wix, oh, it's an easy website builder. Yeah, okay, it's easy if you know what you're doing. And once you've spent five or six days and still haven't perfected it into what you want, then it gets a bit frustrating, and it's not necessarily too easy. So there are those pitfalls. There are, there are those things, aren't there? I mean, the other thing I think as well, if you are engaging a professional like um, one of us three, is it also to do with the um, ideas, the experience that we've had and the ideas that we're putting forward? Any, I mean, you can train yourself up, can't you, to use Photoshop, but what is that instinctive idea behind a brand, the way it looks, the way it feels, the way it appeals to um, your target audience? It's those ideas and experience that that design a mind of yours, Georgia, will really pick out. Exactly. Like when you've been doing what you you do for 10 years, you, you've made mistakes yourself along the way and you've learned from them. So you become much better. And it's kind of like, I think I've used this analogy similarly before in a previous podcast, maybe many moons ago. But I own a saw and I have a tree in my garden. I also own a stepladder. Now, if that tree needs trimming, I could go into my garage, I could whip out the stepladder and that saw, I could climb it and I could try and trim it. Now, the likelihood is going to be I'm going to fall off my ladder and land oh, it, very awkwardly, maybe hurt myself. The branches are probably going to go into my neighbour's garden. They're going to get really, really arsy about it. Um, it could be that that tree is actually protected and I shouldn't be cutting it, but I'm just doing it willy-nilly because it suits my garden. All these things, like... I could do that. I have the physical capability. Um, I have some of the tools, but we all know full well, actually, if I call my tree surgeon client to come in, he's going to be able to do the job safely. He's not going to cause my neighbours any issues. He's not going to get me in trouble because I'm cutting the tree down that actually is protected and I shouldn't be doing that. Um, and I'm not going to hurt myself and I can enjoy a cup of tea inside while he's doing the job that would take me five days in probably an hour. So really, if we then spin it around the other way, 
we are that tree surgeon, aren't we, for our clients and, and helping them the market. We've been there, we've, we're trained, we know what we're doing, we've made mistakes in the past, we've learned from them. And there's, we know that actually there's a lot more behind things than just whipping up a, a website that looks great or a brand that looks kind of cool. There's a lot more strategy behind it. So I was just going to say, it's very strange that, you know, especially using tradespeople as an example, when we go out to rescue what DIY guys have done themselves, or we go out to rescue what person's had a cheap quote in them, they've ended up paying twice because we've had to redo it. It's funny because it's exactly the same situation exactly the same thing that those guys are experiencing firsthand. I suppose when it becomes like a sort of more professional service, if you like, um, people get confused with it rather than it being like a physical trade or a physical service in that respect. And it's 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 just not true. And because they're, you know, hopefully by people listening to this this podcast and, and seeing us and seeing our faces, um, the world is so it's getting so so much smaller and it's so easy to connect and it's so easy to to have a conversation or a backwards and forwards on on linkedin or instagram or wherever now that all of a sudden we're all very human so to reach out and engage with a professional and and ask for support and help and advice uh, especially as you say from people that have done it and and made those errors funny you mentioned vistaprint I um, took an apprentice out to train the other day and uh, we were doing a boiler service on a, a boiler that I've been looking after for probably 12, 13 years. And it had one of the original Vistaprint stickers uh, <laughs> with my very, very first business name. And I was like, wow, God, that, the brand has come a long way. I've come a long way since then. <laughs> so you talk about making some of those steps and choices. It's like, I could see how that looked. You know, it, it didn't it didn't look good. It, it looked like someone had just qualified, got a set of stickers and put them on a boiler. And pretty much that's exactly what, what has happened in that situation. We all have that to a certain degree. I, if I were to look back at some of the first websites that we designed and built, you know, it just makes you cringe, which is one of those brilliant things because the website should really be updated continually so that it looks its sharpest and its best all the time. So there aren't many old websites. But if we were to go through and do a really quick fire, three things that you need to be thinking about from all of us as the experts. From a website point of view, if you're just starting out, a really quick thing is get on one of the um, big website suppliers like 123reg or Crystal Hosting and type in the domain name that you want to look for and see if it's still available and what the different variations of that are. See if you can register that straight away. That's something then you can use to start as the basis of your website and also your emails. Also as well, start thinking about don't hand, not rather not handing out a Gmail or Hotmail address. See if you can register a proper, when you put your domain name, register that proper email address. But have a think about what it's going to be. Is it going to be info, hello, or is it going to be your first name? What's the best way of presenting your business? And then start thinking about what do you actually want from a website? You probably don't want whistles and bells. First of all, you're going to have to speak to um, Georgia to talk about the brand. You're also going to have to speak to Andrew as well first about what the strategy for the business is. So you're thinking about it, but as a first point of call, you can easily set up a very quick one-page landing page just with your contact details on so that the web and Google can start thinking about your domain name and start using it so it's actually being registered in search. So, Andrew, what would be your three points to think about straight away? I suppose the three points, and they're not really in order because I think they all need to be done together, but one is your exit strategy. How do you plan to, to exit the business? You're going to sell it. You're going to retire it. You're going to hand it down to the, to the family. Um, what is your financial forecast? And what is your vision for the business? Now, the vision for the business will kind of dictate the financial forecast. And the financial forecast can, in some ways, dictate the vision and see if your vision's unrealistic. 
your vision is to have 25 vans in six months, then the type of sales that you need to produce in the next three months are probably going to be unrealistic. And this is why you work with people like myself and then you work with people like George and John to make sure that if the, the vision is to acquire a lot of that work using online sources or having a fantastic looking brand with um, paper advertising and advert boards and so on and so forth to achieve what you want to achieve to hit that financial forecast, everything's got to be lined up together. George, what about yourself? What are your top three? So the top three, number one, don't rush. I know it's we, we want to get as much things done as possible, so it's all out the way, and then we can press on with running our business. But actually holding fire sometimes until you've got enough in the kitty to be able to do a marketing job properly is always advisable. Number two, the first thing you should then do when you do have some money in that kitty is an, uh, working out your ideal client. Um, you need to know exactly who you want to work with, why you want to work with them, and what their specific challenges are in hiring a trade like yourself. So then you can use that to underlie every piece of marketing you do. And number three, don't um, work with any marketing companies that haven't done that ideal client workshop with you from the off. Because when you go to a brand designer to get your logo done, and then you go to a different web developer to get your website created, and then you go to a signage company to get the van done, and you go to a printer to whip up your business card, and you've got all these different hands on deck, you are just diluting your brand. So make sure you've got a former brand guardian that can work with all those different companies all together and get the best out of those companies, but making sure that your brand remains consistent across the board, online and offline. That would be my three tips. Well, wonderful. Thank you very much, guys. And thank you very much to you for watching or for listening. Um, we'll be back with more next time. That's all for this time. But don't worry, we'll be back with more soon. Stay tuned for new episodes at marketingsimplified.co.uk.